Parashas Boy. We read about the last of the Makas. We read about the Makas Roshach. And the Basak tells us that the difference between the Mitzim who were suffering and the Roshach. For three days it says they couldn't see, for three days they couldn't move. The Rawa Isha Sachif Shoshi Yamim, Rakomu Ishmi Tachtov Shoshi Yamim. And then contrast that to the, the Jews. The Chol B'nei Yisrael And all the Jewish people, they, they benefited from the light. Now, the simple shot in the Pasuk was that the Jewish people, so to speak, got the benefit of the R at the same time that the Egyptians were suffering in darkness. And here I have a question. Because we all know the famous Chazal, it's a Midrash, but it's mentioned in Rashi. And the Midrash says, Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu bring darkness on the Egyptians? And it says, because there were those among the Jews who were Rishayim. And therefore they weren't merit, meritorious enough to deserve to be taken out of Egypt. And Hashem decided He was going to kill them before the Gaulim. But He didn't want the Egyptians to feel or to think that the Jews are being punished as well. And that's why he waited for the plague of darkness, when the Egyptians couldn't see anything. And during the three days, it says, Hashem killed all the Rishoyim of the Jews and gave the Jews a chance to bury them, and the Mitzvah wouldn't know about it. So that's Chazal. And the question I want to ask you is, how does it work with the words of the Apostle? It means the time of darkness was tremendous tragedy for Klai Yisrael. They were burying their friends, they were burying their neighbors, they were burying their relatives. That was the horrible nation. That was light. And what's more, it was the Yisrael. But a lot of the Jewish people were in darkness as well. So how are we meant to understand? What's Chazal trying to tell us? So let's look to another Maimar of Chazal, also a difficult Midrash to understand, but perhaps, can, perhaps you can use one to explain the other. It's a Midrash in Pashas Parashas, talking right at the beginning of the Torah, when it says, the world was Torah of the world was a place of confusion, of chaos, and there was the R. HaKadosh Baruch creates the R. He creates the light that was the, the step of creation of the first day. Now listen to what the Midrash says. The Midrash says that that's a remez, that's an allusion to the actions of the Rishon. And the Rishon. And the Vayam Elakimi Hi'ar was point of light, that's a reference to the actions of the Tzadikim. And says the Medrash, and I don't know which one Hashem wants more, the Maitseya Tzadikim or the Maitseya Rishayim. And the resolution to that dilemma is, Hashem saw the Or was good. So from here I see that Hashem has a preference for the Maisa of the Tzaddikim over the Maisa of the Rishon. That's a Medrash. 
How are we meant, how are we meant to understand such a metrish? What possibly could be the Havimina? That HaKadosh Baruch Hu prefers the actions of the Rishayim over the actions of the Tzaddikim? That we need a pasuk to tell me that it's not like that? I saw a number of them before I'm trying to address the question. But the question is a question. What's the Medrash talking about? In what way is there a Havimina? Is there even the possibility that Hashem has a preference for the Mais HaRashem? So I'd like to suggest the Pshat of mine. And I'd like to suggest the Rishayim we we're talking about aren't people who are committing crimes. Aren't people who are doing evil. The Midrash is referring to something else. The Midrash is referring to something else. And that is, there's two possible approaches a person can take when he sees this world. The first approach the person can take is that the job of man is to utilize what HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him in Olam as raw material and develop it and bring it to a better stage and therefore I can take the, raw, the so to speak the empty earth and I can plant vineyards and fields and trees and flowers and I can take the resources the world has and I can build buildings and cities and I can develop the world the world was given as raw material and therefore I can put all my efforts and energies into developing, into furthering into making this world a better place that's one option of what a person can do with this world and that's what the nations pride themselves in the Gemara says in the desire that in the future, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to come and ask the nations what reward they deserve, how many cities we built, how many marketplaces we established, how many bridges we made, these are all examples of how people can use their talents to develop the world, to make it a more habitable place, to make it a place which is more, uh, so to speak, uh, able to provide people with what they need. That's one way that a person can approach the world. There's a second way as well. That is, it comes from an understanding that there's two parts to the world. There's a spiritual part to the world, there's a physical part to the world. And if that's the case, then the scope of my activities and the focus of my efforts are to combine the spiritual and physical world. And if that's the case, I'm not looking necessarily to devote all my energies and my talents to making the world better physically. I'm looking to make the world better spiritually. In other words, I'm looking to combine this world and the spiritual world. That's a different direction that a person can take. And I think that's what the Midrash is referring to. The major says that the there was a world which was empty, which was desolate. And that's the scene against which that a person who wants to develop the world, make it more productive, more inhabitable, is going to work. 
And there could be people who look devote their energies into the furthering, so to speak, the utility, the usefulness of this world. But in the context, that's what the Pasuk, the Midrash is calling the Maisa and Rishayim. Rishayim, not because they're doing evil, like we said, but because in comparison to the other option, it's a focus only on how a person can make this world, the physical world, a better physical world. The other option is what's called the Maisa Tzadikim. And the Maisa Tzadikim is to look see that this world can be something which can be combined, connected to the spiritual world. And if that's the case, the focus is very different. The focus is how can I do more, so to speak, to connect this world to its spiritual source. Now they both have a place. There's a place to develop the physical world. There's a place, obviously, to work in Ruchnis and connect the world to Ruchnis. Which one does Hashem want more? And that the Apostle tells me. Hashem sees that the R is what's good. That's what He chooses. That's what He prefers. That's what we call the Maizet Tzadikim. But the truth is, there's more depth which we're going to learn here. Why is it called an R? Why is that a symbol? of the Maizu Tzadikim. So let's learn a Gemara in Ksuvus to go on the And the Gemara says, G'dayla Maizu Tzadikim. Yosef li Maizu Shemayim Varetz. The work of the Tzadikim is greater than the work of Shemayim Varetz. How do we know that? Why would that be the case? So the Gemara explains it like this. And the Gemara says, because when it came to creating the Shemayim and the Oretz, the heaven and the earth, Hashem uses one hand in creating the Shemayim. Hashem uses one hand in creating the Aretz. Shinema. It brings the Pasuk. Af Yodi Yasta Aretz. My hand formed the world. Viyamini Tipcha Shemayim. And my right hand established the Shemayim. So there's one hand used for each. Whereas when it comes to the Maizit Tadikim, which is referring to the Beis HaMikdash. When it comes to the Beis HaMikdash, then the Pasuk says, Mikdash Hashem koinenu yadecha. The Beis HaMikdash Hashem was established by both your hands. Was established by both your hands. And therefore we have two hands involved in the Beis HaMikdash. That's the Gemara. And the Gemara needs an explanation. What does it mean there's one hand for Shemaim, one hand for Aretz, two hands to basically this? How do we understand it? So the principle is like this. The concept of hands is one function of the right hand is one function of the left hand. The function of the one hand is to give. A person uses his hands to give. The other option is a person uses his hands to receive. There's the hand which gives, there's the hand which takes. And therefore we're talking about Shemaim Varetz. What was the Koyach which Hashem invested in the Shemaim? What was the Koyach Hashem invested in the Aretz? And the answer is, each one had a very definite Koyach. The Koyach of the Shemaim was to give. 
whether it's to give rain, whether it's to give light, whether it's to give whatever in the spiritual sense. The Kayak of Shemaim is the Yemin, is the right hand which gives. The Kayak of the Arts is to receive. It's to take what's been given in Shemaim. It only works one direction. Shemaim gives, Arts receives. So there was a hand for Shemaim and there was a hand for Arts. Whereas when it comes to the Maiset Tadikim, there's a difference. Because when it comes to the Maiset Tadikim, when it comes to the Maiset Tadikim, so then, which is the base of Mikdash, then there's a change in the policy. Because when it comes to the base of Mikdash, the base of Mikdash is a place where not only is there a flow of Shemaim to Aretz, is it a place where Shemaim gives and Aretz receives, there's a second aspect to the base of Mikdash too. And the second aspect of the base of Mikdash is that it's a place where people can give. Where we can give to Hashem as well. We can bring Torbanus, we can bring our Voidah, we can daven. It becomes an opportunity for us to give just like we can receive. And that's something which doesn't exist in the normal concept of Shema Yavaretz. Like we saw in the normal, uh, in, the, in the normal sense of how the world works, the Shema gives or it receives. Maiseh Tzadikim is that people can also give. And if that's the case, when people can also give, then it works both ways. That's the people give, people receive. Shemaim gives, Shemaim receives. It uses two hands together. Mikdash Hashem, Koinen Yodecha. The Mikdash Hashem was established by both your hands. So going back to the Gemara before. The Maisei Rishonim, even if they're using it to develop and further this world, it's all in the category of receiving. Whereas the Maizat Sadikim, the Maizat Sadikim isn't just receiving, the Maizat Sadikim is also giving. The Maizat Sadikim is connecting to the world of Ruchnius that there's two hands there. We know that the one who started the building of the Zesimikdash and the foundations was David, David Amalekh. David, as we know, the gematria of his name is Yad. That was the first part. We know the person who completed the Beis HaMikdash was his son Shlomo. Shlomo's name was Yedidya. Yedid is Yad Yad. It was a place of two hands. The Beis HaMikdash was built in the Chalik of Binyamin. It was called the Yedid Hashem. It's a place where you have two hands involved. That's the greatness of the Maitre Tzadikim. And now the next point. The result of a place where you have two hands, the result of a place where there's an interaction between Shema and Varet, it causes R. That's why it talks about the base of Mikdash as being in the same Chazal. That he R is a base of Mikdash. Because where there is a point where Shema and Varet meet, when there is a point where we can connect this world to Shemaim, then that's revealed by the R, which is the spiritual element, which is manifest over here. Maiser Hashem can maybe create order out of Tova Vayu, can maybe develop the physical part of this world that don't produce R. It's only the Maiser Tzadikim, which connect the spiritual to this world, then we see the R.
That's what the Pasuk says, Vayar Lekibes That's the Maishat Sadikim because the product of what the actual Sadikim is we see the R that it produces. What was the reason that those Jews who were killed in Makas Choshech didn't make it to the Gola? What did they do wrong? So if you look in the Midrash, Rashi doesn't say the whole Midrash, but if you look in the Midrash Rabbah, it says these were the Jews who had Patronim Shal Mitzrayim. And therefore they were Ashirim and they didn't want to leave. Even though the Jews were enslaved, even though for the most part they were wretchedly poor and suffering, there were those Jews who were successful in Mitzrayim. They had, so to speak, a patron, an Egyptian, and they were wealthy, and they were invested and they didn't want to leave. And that was the reason Hashem killed them. Once again, we're not talking about a Russia who did terrible crimes. But, it was a person who had devoted himself to developing Egypt. That's where his stocks were, that's where his property was, that's where he built his life. He didn't want to leave. And the person I get, so then if he doesn't leave, he doesn't deserve the gola. Those are the people who died in Makas Choshech. But now if you look in the Midrash, it says that Hashem brought Choshech for three days so that the Jews could bury Mesayim. We know that the Makkah really lasted for six days. There were three days of darkness and three days the Mitzvah couldn't move. And we understand now what the Mitzvah is saying. The Mitzvah is saying is that in the first three days of darkness, that's the time when all the Rishayim died. In the first three days of darkness, that's the time when the Mitzvah couldn't see and that gave the Jews a chance to bury their dead. And after that, there were three more days of darkness when the darkness intensified. On those second three days, it says that Then all the Jewish people, because all the Jewish people who were left were now those Jews who were considered the Tzadikim, they all deserved the R. And what was that R? What was the R that they were Zechah to? The R that they were Zechah to was the revelation that as Tzadikim there was a connection to the spiritual world. As long as the Rishon was still alive so that R couldn't manifest itself. But now that the Rishon had died in the first few days of Choshech so now the entire Jewish people who are remaining are those who Tzadikim. And those who Tzadikim, they're the ones who Zechel to the R. They're the ones who Zechel to show that there's a connection of the spiritual to this world, which is manifest in that R. That was the R of that Klai Yisrael merited to. I want to share, just in conclusion, an amazing, amazing thing I found. On this passage. When the Chol B'nai Yisrael had R of in a sefer called Arla Meir. Arla Meir, the sefer of Rabbi Shapiro, famous Shiva of Chachmei Lublin, Pirushim Yirat in the Torah. The sefer was published in 1916, Tarfresh Ayn And listen to something unbelievable that he writes. On this week's parish, on this passage, Olechol B'nai Yisrael, Hoya Arba Meshwesa. 
and he asks the question. Why does it have to say, You could have said that all the Jewish people had lights. What's added by saying they had lights in the places where they sojourned? So Rameh Shapir explains. And he says that we know that the goddess of Mitzrayim was really a forerunner for every other goddess. And therefore we're going to see uh, allusions to every other goddess in the goddess of Mitzrayim. And it doesn't just apply to the, the, the four Malchias, the goddesses which we were in, but also it applies to the way we're going to experience the Gurna. And just like we saw previously, that R is a sign of the Beis Hamikdash, it's a sign of the connection to Ruchnius. So he says similarly, R is the expression used for the Gurna as well. We're talking about there'll be an R, there'll be a Kaisal will be zechut to the light, the original Mashiach. It's called the light as well. And now he says there's a remnant in the pasuk to the R of the future, where Kaisal will all be zechut to the R Chodesh al Tzion Taj, that new light which will shine on Tzion, which will bring herald to the time of Mashiach. And he says, when will that be? That's the Rashi Tavis for Mashvaisa. When will that be? It will be B'moshvosam. B'moshvosam, Rameh Shapira writes, you can look at yourselves, it's Tavshin Peydalet. And he writes it. In the Sefer Tavshin Peydalet, that's the time when that Moshvosam, so to speak, for Edson Hashem will take place. Once again, this was written, or was published, over 100 years ago. Now he says another reference to that. And he says, we know that, we spoke before about, David Amalek being the commentary of Yad. We said there's what is one Yad. There's two Yadim. The commentary of two times Yad is 14, so the commentary is 28, which is Koyach. Koyach means power, which is the effort of, or the result of the effort of both of the Yadim together. And on that Ramesh Pirat, if you multiply Koyach by Koyach, 28 times by 28, you're going to get. Same thing, you're going to get Tavshin Pedal at 784. And, not, and so that's also the commentary of Melech Israel Kain. That's what he writes in Aramaic. I want to add another image I saw, brought down from the Tamil Levi Hashem Tov. we're talking about 200, maybe 250 years ago. And he brings there different words. And he, he brings there a to the fact that the, it says by Yaakov Avinu, and he wanted to tell Klai Yisrael when the Akhris was going to be. He said, he told his sons, gather and I'll tell you what's going to be in the Akhris, what's going to be at the end of time. And that Chazal tell us that Bekesh, Yaakov, Nistam, the goddess of Sakates. Yaakov wanted to reveal the end and it was Nistam, it was hidden. So he explains, what is the Kates that Yaakov wanted to reveal and where was it hidden? And he says, Again, I'm quoting from the time of the Bashem Tov, this is nearly 300 years ago. And he writes the following. And he says that what Yaakov wanted to tell them, that the remez, the, so to speak, the hint, the allusion to, to when the Mashiach will be, he says he, it was hidden in the word Akhris. The Akhris Hayyamim, and where do you find it? He says if you take the kates, you have to take the end of Akhris. He had wanted to Megara that the Remus the Mashiach 
is that the case at the end of the Achris he spoke about. And he explains, if you take the word Achris, we spell that Aleph, Ches, Reish, Yitav. And you're going to spell out each letter in turn. So Aleph, you're going to spell Aleph, Lamed, Pei. Ches, Ches, Yitav, Reish, Reish, Yitshin. Yud, Yud, Vav, Dalet. Tav, Tav, Yud, Vav. He said, if you take the Ket, you take the last letters of that word Achris, so then you're going to get Tav, Shin, Pei, Dalet to the 6,000. And so that's the Ket that you wanted to refer I want to add one more remus to the idea. The words of the Gaudi that Mokadosh Baruch Hu used, Pakoit Pakadati. If you work it out, the Gemara of Pakoit Pakadati is also Tavshin Pedalit. Now, Ramazan Makaswara Demi. Obviously, we can't predict, we're not meant to predict when Mashiach is coming, we don't know. But what it's meant to teach us is that there's certain times when there's an Esrat, certain times when it's a more likely time, or more special, like special Kayak in Shemaim that we can be zeich to the Gola. And if we find times that we find Ramazan, that that might be a time, an indication of an Esratan, so then that's a time when maybe we feel, we should feel more obligated to put an extra effort to deserve that that will actually materialize the Mashiach already come. And then Ba'ez HaShem also will be zeich to that same brach that there was in Mitzrayim, or the Chol B'nei Yisrael HaYarba Mashvaisa. That all the Jewish people who are that are the are of the Gaula and the are of Mashiach.